0: Um, this morning, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 2, uh, three verses there. Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, and then verse 16 and verse 17. And uh, we'll read those here. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God causes all kinds of trees, every kind of tree you've ever known about and all those trees you've never heard about to grow out of the garden that he planted. But not only does he tell us that, but he tells us that those trees were pleasing to the eye. One of the things that I have much enjoyed about Redfield because where I've been in North Dakota, you can't really grow a tree there. I have planted, I planted like 60 or 70 trees and I had about five living when I left. (laughs) And, And trees just are hard to come by in that country. And I just love walking and driving through Redfield and seeing all the different kinds of trees and how tall they get and the shade and all of that, how they are pleasing to my eyes. And God said that he planted all of these kinds of trees and they were pleasing to the eye and that they were good for food. Now, if you stop and think about all of that, God provided variety, God provided beauty, and God provided taste and nutrition. Everything you could want in a culinary masterpiece God provided. I mean, just think about living in a place where you could never run out of new, good places, dining experiences. I've never lived there. But just think if you were in one of those places where there were just all kinds of restaurants and there was a new one to try out every day with all kinds of culinary you know, masterpieces and all of that, that is what God planted in the Garden of Eden. There were all kinds of trees. They were beautiful, and they were good to eat. And what that tells us about God is that He is generous, and He is gracious, and He is good. But in addition to all of those other trees, there were two trees in the middle of the garden. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I want to talk to you for just a minute about that tree of life. That tree of life represents immortality. The ability to live in fellowship with God for eternity. And the interesting thing is that there were no restrictions put on that tree. Adam and Eve had just as much access to the tree of life as they had to all of those other trees that were in the garden. And they never ate from it. With all the other fruit and all the other beauty and nutrition and all of that, they were never tempted to eat from the tree of life that would have given them eternal immortality with God. Hmm. That is kind of like receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. John says to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God and to live forever. But so many people today, they look at all the variety of things that they can give their lives to and all the other trees and all the other beauty and all the other things that warm our appetites. And we give our lives to all those things that we never get around to making Jesus Lord and Savior of our life. So we enjoy all of the creation, but we never get around to enjoying the Creator. And that really is, in essence, what Adam and Eve did in the garden. They were enjoying the garden but they never once ate of the tree of life. And I want to warn you, be careful about living your life and enjoying all of life and failing to partake of the Lord Jesus Christ and starting a relationship with him. There is another tree in the garden that God planted, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the fruit of that tree was not immortality and and a relationship for eternity with God, but the fruit of that tree was separation from God for eternity. The fruit of that tree was to gain worldly knowledge while losing our knowledge of God. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was forbidden to Adam. God had said, you can eat of all of the trees of the garden, but you may not eat of this one tree. That's an amazing statement. There was only one thing in the whole garden that God said no to. They could do anything else in that garden, but they could not eat from that one fruit. Wouldn't it be just really super nice if we lived in that kind of world where there was only one rule you had to remember? Adam and Eve really messed it up. (laughs) Because there are a whole lot more rules that you and I live with to guide our our life than just one simple rule that they had. And God told him the consequence for eating from that tree. God even told Adam the the consequence of that. And and he told him that it was death. And and Adam told Eve and all of that. And we'll get to that in chapter 3. Eve knew it was forbidden. But with all the different trees in the garden. Adam had no desire, no reason, Eve had no reason to want to eat from that tree, did he? Now there's something about you and me, it's called the sin nature, that just being told no makes us kind of want it. That is the sin nature. But the thing here is that Adam and Eve did not have a sin nature like you and I have. So just because God had said you can eat from all these trees, but you can't eat from that one, that didn't make him tempted to eat from that tree because the sin nature wasn't there to say, man, you you should really check this out. The sin nature wasn't there to tell Adam, man, I, I think God's tricking you. I think there's something about that that." apple there that you really really ought to want. That wasn't there. He had no sin nature and so Adam wasn't tempted and Eve wasn't tempted on their own. Satan had to come and interject himself to even tempt Eve and Adam to partake of the fruit of that tree. And when they ate and when they sinned That image of God that we have talked about was marred and our worldly knowledge grew and our knowledge of God decreased. And you can see that immediately in chapter 3 of Genesis where Adam and Eve, they eat of the fruit of the tree. And all of a sudden, what do they do instead of running to God, which is what you should do when you sin, run to God. And if you know God, you know that's what you do. But all of a sudden they lost that knowledge of God and they go and hide from God because they have lost the knowledge of the holy because they had sinned. It is the knowledge of God that we lose when we sin. It is the knowledge of what is good that we begin to lose when we sin, because we ate of that tree. Jeremiah, the prophet, expresses it like this, my people are fools, they do not know me. They are senseless children, they have no understanding, they are skilled in doing evil, they know not how to do good. So they do not know God, and they don't know how to do good. One of the interesting things that you find in this passage in Genesis is that uh, one of the things that we learn is that paradise offers us incredible satisfaction of good and wholesome desires. But there is always, even in paradise, even in the Garden of Eden, there is always... Something that we are not to desire. We are not to satisfy every single desire. The best life is not unbridled freedom, but the best life is disciplined freedom, where we discipline ourselves to know what is the very best for us and what is not. And Isaiah 48 verse 17 says this. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you. Who directs you in the way that you should go. So we have all the trees of the garden. My sermon title this morning is Trees of the Garden. You have all the trees. You have the tree of life. And you have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But there is another tree. There is the tree that becomes the cross of Christ. It is referred to in First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four, and I'm going to use the uh, the New King James Version here, the NIV, uh, because they understood that most of us wouldn't make this connection. They translated "tree" into "cross" in theirs, but it actually should be translated "tree." Who Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. And what Peter is doing is saying, he's reminding us that that tree, that cross, takes us all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. The one tree, the cross, Becomes the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Adam and Eve took of a tree that they should have never partaken of. And they were commanded not to. And the interesting thing is that God commanded the Lord Jesus Christ to partake of that tree. So that he could experience all of the consequences of humankind as a result of Adam's fall. And Jesus on the cross took part of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and ate its bitter fruit. And he knew the consequences were so going to be so severe that he sweat drops of blood. No way what was coming ahead for him as a result of eating that fruit and becoming like you and I. Separated from God. Jesus obeys God and partakes of that fruit, of that tree that Adam and Eve partook of. And he did it Because you will remember in Genesis chapter 3 as soon as they eat of the fruit they are kicked out of the Garden of Eden and God puts up a shield so that Adam and Eve cannot get back there. Why? Because they are never to partake of the tree of life and live eternally in that sinful state. God protects them from going back and eating from that one tree. Jesus eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he opens the door so that you and I can partake of the tree of life and, and eat of the fruit so that you and I can have eternal fellowship with God and be saved from our sins. It was not an accident that Jesus was not stoned to death or killed in any number of other ways, he chose to die, and he chose to die on a tree and eat the fruit of evil and sinfulness. The first Adam sinned by doing so, the second Adam obeyed and chose death to save all of us. And Jesus conquered that death in the resurrection. That's how come Satan was so sure that he had won it when Jesus died? <laughs> But God raised him to life. And in the cross, Jesus restores our ability to have fellowship with God and to live eternally connected to God. In the cross, Jesus restores our knowledge of God and what is good. In the cross, Jesus restores the image of God within us so that you and I are back to that state like Adam and Eve before sin. He does that work partially here, but then he finishes it in glorification when we go to heaven. There's a great Puritan, Thomas Watson, who drew the contrast between Adam taking and eating from the tree which he was commanded not to eat and from Jesus taking and eating from the tree which he was commanded to eat from. And then we are reminded that Jesus says to each one of us, come, take and eat of the fruit of the tree of the cross, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross is the tree of life for those who eat of its fruit. The bread will not save you. The cup will not save you. It is simply a symbol of what does save you. It's a symbol of the fruit of Jesus partaking of the same tree that Adam and Eve partook of and experiencing the wages of sin, which is death, so that you and I could partake of a tree that we were locked out from and we had no right whatsoever, no matter how much good we ever did, we had no right to partake of the tree of life. But Jesus opened the way to the tree of life for you and for me. And I am totally unworthy. (laughs) You are totally unworthy of what Jesus did for us. So I ask you this morning, do you earnestly repent of your sins? Do you believe that Jesus is the only hope you have for eternal life? Are you just enjoying everything else out there that God has created, but you've never come to take and eat of the Lord Jesus Christ and to believe on him in your heart? No other tree, no other fruit will do that for you. You have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Apart from Him, there is no other name under heaven by which men may be saved. The only way that you will live for eternity in fellowship with God is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what He did on the cross, taking your sin and your shame and your punishment and making it his. Do you believe and do you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your only Savior and Lord?